0: The picture I see is that you have been looking for the perfect conditions for your faith. But, but the message for you is find Jesus. Have a relationship with Jesus. It's not the perfect church. It's not the perfect group of people. But it's finding Jesus. And in him, there is no shadow of doubt. If you can find Jesus, you will find what you're looking for. Amen. So I greet you again in in that most precious name of Jesus. And I want to follow on from where I left or, or something I started two weeks ago in the night vigil, in the night prayer meeting. I just want to give, just build up on it a bit more. I, I, will, I may not finish everything I have for you today, but I need to give you some, some concepts just to encourage and give you some directions in the name of Jesus. Uh, and, but before I, I, I do that, I just, want to, I just want your church to help me acknowledge again the guys that organized yesterday's event. Just, just give them another clap offering. It's, it's always good what these guys did um I, I i can see some of you have got pains in your muscles you're struggling to walk or you're walking a bit different than normal but um i think you're gonna come out good the bible says a little exercise is of some benefit <laughs> exercise is beneficial it has its benefits so it was good that we could go out get some good fresh air we need to thank god i know the prayer team prayed that would have some really good weather if you compare Friday to Saturday, there's a big difference, you know. Um, so thank you so much for for all the organization and, and, and great stuff. I enjoyed myself. I even have had a go at being a goalkeeper, something I don't normally do. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Turn with me to the Book of Numbers, chapter thirteen. Numbers chapter thirteen. And verse thirty to thirty-three, I'll read uh, that portion and give you some explanation as we go to Numbers chapter thirteen and verse thirty. We started off what I what I began to tell you is 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 actually based from Isaiah fifty-four verse one to three, where the Lord is challenging us to enlarge our tents and to stretch out the curtains of our habitations. And he says, spare not, lengthen your cords, because she who was barren is about to have children. Ye who had nothing is about to have abundance. Ye who had no hope is about to have hope. He who had nowhere to go, God was saying, begin to prepare now because you are going somewhere. And and he who had who had no vision of the future, God is challenging us to have a vision. And and today I want to speak to us and say, enlarge, dare to dream. Enlarge, dare to dream. You see, as Christians, again I need to play around. There's a bit too much base, I think. As as Christians, we need to be people that are practical as we are spiritual. Amen. You heard what I said? Be practical as you are spiritual. I don't want a church that just speaks in tongues and rejoices in the Holy Ghost and does nothing. We need to be a people that are spiritual and practical. Because we need to make progress. Your Christianity must make progress. You see, when I came to the Lord, and and I heard all that they were saying, you know, let me tell you this. Often the world, or not often, in today's world, people see the church in the wrong light. People are often will often say, "Ah, you still go to church? You spend so much time in church." And 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 often it's very easy to begin to see the negative aspects of the church. See, when I once introduced myself as a Christian to somebody, he began to tell me about how the church has abused small boys, and he had a very strong record. Of all that he saw of how the church abused small boys, so I turned to another one and I told him about the church. And the other one says, "Ah, but uh, is is it not the church that used to take our money and enriched the bishops?" And and you know when you see some rich bishops, you can't argue. Yeah. Serious. When when you see how that the bishop has this and that and that and that and that, sometimes you just can't argue. About what people are saying. And I turned to another one and they said, well, this God, I pray to this God, but my mother still died. I can't argue the fact that the mother still died. But does, does it mean that God is not there? You see, so, so when I came to the Lord, I was confronted with similar kind of situations and similar kind of things. And one thing that stuck to my heart is that God If you are the God as they say you are, if you have touched my heart that I've come and knelt down and said, Lord, come into my life, be the Lord of my life, I need to see my life changing because I have you. I need to see my status change from where I am today as I walk and grow with you. As I get to know more about you, Lord, I need to see a change. And one of the things that began to touch my heart was was the story of David. David was a small boy in the hoods. And he was looking after sheep. But when he had an encounter, a special encounter with God at the moment of his anointing, you see, David's life completely changes. And David begins to come into the scene in a completely different way than the small boy who was just only looking after sheep. And where he had been looking after sheep, God makes him to look after a nation of people. Where he was fighting bears and lions, he comes to fight against Goliath and the Philistines and mighty armies that were there. The Egyptians dared not fight against David. The Philistines tried and they suffered a great deal. And so God has changed his life from looking after the sheep and, 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 and all those animals out in the backside of the country and brings him to the forefront of this nation to the point that the women actually composed a song. Do you know what the song was? Women, can you sing the song of, that you sang for David? Sing it. Oh, <laughs> Somebody can sing it. Okay, you know, sing the song. What what, what was the song they sang about David? Okay. You can put NS <laughs> if you want. Uh, um Saul has killed his thousands. David has killed his tens of thousands. Look at the difference. <laughs> Saul, who was the king? Has killed how many? Wow. Just, but David has killed tens of thousands. You see, and I said, to, I said to myself, Lord, if this is you, I want my life to move from the thousands. Well, then I had nothing. Huh? So, from the zero to something, to great things. And I want to challenge somebody. Say, I've seen God. And, and I want to challenge you. Dare to dream. Dare to dream. Because you do have a God that can turn a zero to a hero. He can bring zero to one. There's a book, I don't know if anybody has read it, Zero to One. And it's talking about how you can come from being nothing, nobody, nowhere, to having an achievement and a significant achievement because one is significant compared to zero. And, and 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 that's the god we serve that's what jesus jesus wants for us and i want to read a scripture i'm gonna i'm just, just hold on to numbers 13 i will come there but i want to read i want to read this scripture quickly uh, for you mark chapter 13 verse 23 to 27 Mark chapter 13, verse 23 to 27. You know, Jesus has been talking to his disciples and he's teaching them and telling them about things that would happen, right? And here he says, take heed, behold, I have told you all these things. I have foretold you all things. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then, and then, shall they see the Son of Man. Who was he talking about? He was talking about himself. He's talking about himself. Then shall you see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. See, when I read this, I said, wow, Jesus is talking about the things that shall become. Are you with me, church? He's talking about the things that shall be. He is here on earth at this time. He is speaking to his disciples. He is eating food like they are eating food. He is even getting hungry like he is hungry. Remember one time he went to the tree because he was hungry. Got to the fig tree and the fig tree had no fruit. And you know what? Jesus was so disappointed. And he said to the tree, from now on you shall never bear again. I said, Jesus, how can you be such, so hungry? to curse the tree never to bear fruit anymore. But that's that's he was so he was just here on earth. And now you get him saying, "You know what? I shall come back in the clouds in great power and glory." He is seeing something about the future. He was not dreaming. He was just telling what would become. But I want to challenge you today in my Statement and I said, enlarge your horizons, enlarge your coasts, enlarge your thinking, dare to dream, dare to dream. See what is ahead of you. Jesus does not see himself defeated, he sees himself in great power and glory. He sees himself and says, and and he shall send his angels and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. He sees himself sending the angels, coming back to collect people into heaven. He has seen the future and he's telling it today. But as he's telling them the future today, he's telling them so that they can prepare for that future. So that they can enlarge for the future. The reason the future is being told is so that when you are here now, you can begin to prepare. Are you with me now, church? You are hearing Jesus telling you the picture of the future so that uh, you can begin to put to action some things to get there, to experience it. to see it, to touch it. The reason you are being given that picture is not so that you can just say, wow. It's so that you can begin to work towards it. And so when the Lord has been speaking to us to say, "Enlarge enlarge your tent, stretch it out. Let them stretch out the cords and and put in the pegs and span out. Lengthen everything that needs to be lengthened. Make them big. Make it big. He's telling you about that future so that now you can begin to prepare for it. Do I have an amen? Now let's read to Numbers. Now here then is the challenge of dreaming. Numbers chapter 13 and verse 30. And Caleb still the people. So so they've gone in. These Caleb, there are 12 of them. We don't have the names of the other 10. But there were 12 spies sent out to spy the land. And and they come back. And those other 10 10 come back and say, wow, we saw a good land. But guys, mm, we have our doubts. But here is somebody who has seen something and dares to dream being in that place. The Bible says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Verse number 31. But the men that went with them said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land... Through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And they saw and they and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own eyes as grasshoppers, so were we in their sight. I already told you about what they were seeing there. But I want to challenge you on the part about daring to dream. Verse number 30 says, we are well able to overcome it. We are well able to overcome it. Caleb and Joshua were the two guys that said, yes, we have seen what we have seen. We know and we saw that they are giants, but we have a dream. And the dream is we should go and live in the land, in the place that God has given to us. And why do they are they saying this? Because they are daring to dream about being in that place because they say we are well able to overcome it. We can possess it. We can take it. I don't know what it is, but I want to start off today and say whatever it is that you are after, you need to dream it you need to see it you need to dream big and know that you are well able to overcome it the challenge of dreaming big is that you are then confronted with the giants and the sons of anak and after a while we choose not to see the dream again because the challenges of dreaming are so huge If I were to say to somebody, you can start a business, do you know what they are likely to say to me immediately? The money. Where will I get the money? But you know what? You can start a business without money. In fact, most businesses are started by people who have no money. Because you did not understand how things work. See, I told you you need to understand how things work. People who start businesses start with an idea, not with money. Can I have an amen? amen? Because some things you have to say yes, because that is how they are. Businesses start by ideas, not by money. Money is the means, not the reason for starting. Do I have business people in the house? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mom, you hear the amens are less now. Because people want to get the money. They want to get the means and not the why they are doing what they are doing. The reason you will do and achieve what you want to do is because you understand the why and the why is the dream. As those that understood it say amen. You see, Caleb and Joshua said we can overcome it not because of the means of overcoming it. They said we can overcome it because they saw what they saw. They heard what God had said and they said this is ours. Therefore, let us go and possess it. We will overcome. Why? Because we have a God who's bigger and a God who is with us. When you do not have God, yes, you might start to struggle. But if you have God, What matters is the dream? I said, what matters is the? What matters is the the vision that you have. And so so Habakkuk chapter 2, you see, when Habakkuk was challenged in chapter 2 with the things that were going on, he, he says, let me go and ask God. And hear what God will say. And God says to him in verse 2 and 3, write this vision down. He says, write the things that shall happen down. It was not about the instruction for now. It was what it shall become. Because if you can see what things are supposed to be like, you will be able to run. Oh, come on, people. Hallelujah. If you can see what it is you're supposed to achieve, it becomes easier for you to begin to put the steps today. If it is only about uh, go to school and you don't know when school ends and how school ends, it, it becomes very difficult. You see, let me tell you something that I does, did with my... Hillel is, 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 uh, is, 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 is a special, special son. All my, I love all my children, but Hillel is special. So he wakes up one day and says, When I own my own house. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was about what? Seven then. Five. Oh, five. He, he's five years old. And he's talking about owning his own house. Now, I said, that's great, but you know what? In order to own your own house, it does not come by playing on the tablet. It changed his thinking. He started to realize that the dream that I have, and he still talks about it today. The other day, he says, I'll have a TV in my bedroom. (laughs) Then he turns to me and says, Papa, can you put a TV in my bedroom now? I said, no. He says, when I own my own house... So he's developing a vision. Now, for me as a dad, I've said, yes, you can have your own house. Make sure it probably looks better than the one you are living in now. So that he can cast his vision even wider. And he can aim for something. Because now that he is in a good house, he needs something that's going to challenge him. Because his level is already set. Did you hear what I say, people? One of my fathers challenged me to say, you know, when Zimbabwe's economy was crashing, says, I pity you boys. You're going to struggle to be what we, what we are. But thanks be to God. Our level was already set. So because that level was already set, our dream has to be bigger. Do you, do I, do you hear what I'm saying, people? And, and so I've challenged him on a bigger vision so that when he goes to school and the mathematics is not easy and he does not like mathematics, But when I come home, I say, if you want to have a big house, you need to make sure you do your mathematics well. I'm not asking him to get a distinction in mathematics because those who have distinctions in mathematics usually work for those without distinctions in mathematics. (laughs) Ah, You understand what I've said? But I need him to do the mathematics well. So that you will know how to buy the uh, you'll know how to buy the house and to live to his dreams. So I want to challenge you, dare to dream, look beyond your horizon. So thank you for the for the highway. Because the highway you don't see where it ends, but you've got to look beyond what you see. You've got to look beyond what you see. And that's what Jesus was telling them in that scripture to say, today you see me like this, as flesh and blood like you. But there's coming a day where I will come back with great power and glory. You've got to see beyond the physical. Children of God, child of God, you need to see beyond the physical. Your dream is not a physical dream. It is a spiritual dream. You need to see things in a greater dimension, a greater level, a greater place. That's why I called Pastor Tassara to come and finish off his sermon about changing dimensions. Why? Because God is calling us to enlarge our territory, enlarge our costs. Enlarge your business. Enlarge your study. Enlarge your home. Enlarge your family. Enlarge your ministry. Enlarge what you are doing. Enlarge whatever it is that is about you. It must grow larger because there are bigger things that must be achieved. In the name of Jesus. There must be greater things that we must take hold of than just the physical things we see. And that's why I want to challenge you to dare to dream. And as I challenge you to dare to dream, I, I want to challenge you with a, with a man. In 2013, I met a Zimbabwean, Zimbabwean man who has flown, flown a, uh, a spacecraft. And he has sailed in the sea. And he has flown an aircraft from UK to Australia. And this Zimbabwean guy is blind. (laughs) Can you imagine your pilot saying, We are about to take off, and oh, by the way, I'm blind? (laughs) When I went went to Nigeria, you know, this was my first experience going to Nigeria, And, and when we landed, See, I was reading a book. I think I was reading a book as I most of the time do in, in the plane. So when we landed, there were suddenly loud hallelujahs and clapping. And, and it shocked me. What is going on? So there was a sister who, was, who, was, who was, said, what happened? What is going on? And the sister said, no, 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 pastor. It's okay. It's normal for us to praise God when we land. <laughs> now, you know, it had not dawned on me. And the pilot, this pilot was seeing very well. Nothing wrong with the pilot. And now I began to imagine how much people would have praised if they were being flown by Miles Hilton Barber, a blind pilot. And it says, now we have landed at Lagos Airport. What is it called? Mohammed whatever. And, and people knowing that he's blind, I'm sure they would have, you know, ripped the plane apart with praise. So he flies with a crazy guy who is his eyes, but he's the one in control. So the guy, who say, guy says, now you need to steer a plane left 90 degrees. <laughs> and you can imagine a blind guy has to figure out 90 degrees. But, but he's flying. And so he was saying, is because as a little boy, I always wanted to fly. I had wanted to fly as a fighter pilot. And so by the age of 16, he started losing his sight. And therefore, he couldn't fly anymore. But now, he's about 45 or so, and he has flown a plane from here to Australia. And he says in one of those instances when they were trying to fly a small kite, they were trying to fly on the ground and learning, you know, all the things, and there was this huge airplane coming below them, and the people were trying to get out of the way, but then because he can't see, he doesn't know which one is out of the way. But eventually, after those exercises, he was able to fly a whole flight, sail on the sea. His brother is also blind, and he has sailed from South Africa to Australia, single-handedly. He's blind. Why? Because he dared to dream. He showed us a picture of him when he was at the bottom of the sea with a guy in a wheelchair. Now, you can imagine, that's crazy. You go down to the bottom of the sea, sea, sea diving. With a guy in a wheelchair, and you're blind. So the crippled guy is the eyes, and the guy who can not see is the legs, and they are under the sea. And he says, it's because I've dared to dream to achieve great things. Now, what is your excuse? When I look at all of you here, nobody has ever come to me to say, Pastor, pray for me, I'm crippled, or I can't see. We can achieve great things. He even has a family and a wife. We can achieve great things. Your circumstances of where you've come from should not be a limitation of where you are going. You see, when people told him, you are blind, you can't fly, it didn't stop him from flying. In fact, he's flown a spacecraft that is flown at 180 degrees. And it goes at top speed. Spacecraft. Right up into the air. And you have to spin it back to come and land it on the ground. And it's flown that thing. When I saw that jet, I said, wow. I'm still playing. You hear what I'm saying, church? And we must stand up and get up from our feet. And get up from where we are sitting. Get out from the comfort zones of our life. And go out and achieve more. Because Jesus wants us to achieve more. You know, Joshua after he had been conquering the land, later on they do go out to conquer the land of Israel. But they go out without those other 10 guys that discourage the people. When he does go out, and he's going out into the land, after some time he's conquered and conquered and he stops, God comes and says, Joshua, there's still much more to be done. There's always more that you can do. And I need you to realize your full potential but it starts off by daring to dream tell your neighbor dare to dream david in first samuel chapter 17 the reason he fights goliath is because he dreamed of being free and he dreamed of israel living in the fullness of who they were under god and so when he sees Goliath, he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of God? My brothers are here. You know, this, I, I was imagining this was what must have been going through his mind. My dad has sent me to give food to my brothers. And all they are doing, all these is they are just sitting here being afraid to fight this. Why is this war not ending? And so suddenly he begins to hear that the reason they are still camped here and not fighting is because of a Goliath. And so he sees this Goliath and says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who defies the armies of the living God? And and he takes him on. And in in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 29, David is being asked by his brother. His brother says, "You, you should go back to look after the few sheep. His father didn't have a few sheep, but they become few when people want to belittle you. You see, the challenge of dreams. When you tell people this is your dream, people begin to tell you, who are you, small boy? When when he said, I want to fly, they said, you're blind, you can't fly. He was, normally, normally, it's not so easy to just drive in one straight line, even when you see. Yeah? Even when you've got a car with good wheel balancing, good, 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 you know, sometimes just difficult to drive in a straight line. Miles Hilton Barber drove at above 200 kilometers per hour in a straight line. All he needed was a guy who told him 90 degrees, 10, (laughs) straight line, in a drag racing car. Who knows what drag racing is? It's a car that goes very, very fast. Normally, when you start it up, it sort of lifts up the front, (laughs) and then settles. To drive that straight line, and he's blind. Yeah, and he's blind. Now, some of you are afraid to even drive a car, and you can see with all your eyes. Now, this guy was driving a car, and he can't see. I'm just trying to challenge somebody. That you know, you can do more. Do more for the Lord. Do more for your family. Do more for your nation. Do more for the society. And everything that you're doing should not just be about you. If it is only about you, then that vision is small. If it is only about you, then that dream is small. But you must think bigger. When you think about building a house for yourself, make sure you say you build the road first for the whole neighborhood. And make sure the road passes your house and goes to the other neighbor on the other side. You know, there's a syndrome where I see that people only build something that ends to where they are living. When they are pulling an electricity wire, they only pull it to their house. When they build a generator, they only build a generator for their house. Instead of just building a generator for the whole neighborhood. No, we can do it. Can we not do it? I once saw a place where these big banks had generators after generator and the street was polluted with all these diesel things. And I was standing there asking my host to that country, why don't they just put one generator to save all these banks? And says the owners of the banks are so selfish. They can't work. They are only thinking about themselves. Your vision must be bigger than you. Bigger than your father, your mother, your daughter, your son, your brother, your sister. It must be bigger than you. Dare to dream it. Dare to see it. And go for it and make it a reality. And so David, David says in that verse 29 of chapter 17 when his brothers challenge him to say, you know, go back to those small sheep. You, you are, in other words, they were saying, you're a useless little boy. You have no right to be here. David asks a question and says, what have I done? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a reason that I must be asking about this uncircumcised Philistine? In other words, it's a rhetoric question. It's a question that does not need to be answered by his brothers. It's a question where David is saying, I see a bigger picture. And I need you to see a bigger picture. I need you to see a bigger picture. In 2013, I had a conversation with somebody in my workplace, and and, and she was challenging me about several things and and, and was trying to push me beyond a certain level. And one of the questions she asked me is, is, she says, what does success look like? What does success look like? In asking that question, it was prompting me to be able to get out of what I was seeing now today and put myself five years later, a few years ahead, and begin to paint a picture. To say, if I am successful, this is the picture of that success. And this is what things should be. This is where I should be. And this is what should have happened to the organization around me. What does success look like to you? And that is the question that I want to leave. I want to leave it here for today. I have much more that I want to say. But I want to leave it here for today. What does success look like for you? Success for Caleb and Joshua said we can overcome it. We can possess the land. They were faced with the giants. The anarchs were there, but success in their picture was we can possess the land. We can overcome them. What does success look like to you? Faced with sickness, does success look like healing? Does success look like you walking again without the aid? Does success look like you overcoming that challenge? When the husband has gone out, Does success look like you again laughing and rejoicing with your husband? And I once preached some time to say if you can see it, you can possess it. It's what you see that you can go after because it's what you paint. And if you can paint it under the Holy Spirit, you will achieve it. Because Caleb and Joshua did not base their ability to overcome on their strength, on how big they were. They were indeed smaller. If you would have asked them, compare yourself to the guys, they would have said, you know, we are small. Your business plan is huge compared to the money in your bank account. But if you were to work with the money in your bank account, you would never start like the other 10. But it is those that see the God that they serve. It's those that see the Jesus that they serve. And so in Numbers chapter 14, verse 6 to 9, Numbers chapter 14, verse 6 to 9, the Bible says in verse 6, And Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephna, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes, and they spake to the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search is an exceeding good land. I want you to see the comparison with the other ten, in Num- in numbers chapter 13 the, the in verse t- 32 the people they had said the land which we searched in we have gone to search this land and what we saw in the land was that the inhabitants of the land are eat they can eat us up that's what they saw but Caleb and Joshua saw something different they said we saw that the land is exceeding good. You can choose to see the giants or you can choose to see that which God has for you. And I need you to stand today and go out of this place to say, Father, help me to see the dream. And I've told you, you will always have to fight because nothing comes or goes without a fight. But it is what you see, it is what you have in front of you that you want to possess that is going to determine how you will fight. And so here they said they said in verse 8, And if the Lord delights in us, and I can tell you the Lord delights in you, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. It is a land that flows with milk and honey. They continue to see the dream, the good, the things that God has prepared. The Bible says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard the things that the Lord has prepared. And you know what? God has something good in store for you. He has an expected end. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 to 13. He says, I have an expected end. I have a desire to give you a hope, to give you a future. And that is what you need to see beyond the giants that are standing in your way beyond the difficulty of the exam beyond the challenge of the supervisor beyond the difficulty of the husband or the wife you need to see the goodness of the land you need to see the good things that God has in store for you beyond the fact that you may need to spend four years studying before you can get there you need to see the goodness of the land and if you You can paint the picture of what it is that it is that God has called you to. I can tell you that four years will become nothing. I can tell you that when they tell you this is the course that you have to do, it will go very quickly because you can see a bigger picture. So I was once in a place where they said, we need you to phase out someone. You know, and it's not a nice thing. You take a role to phase somebody out of an organization. And you're thinking, this guy is going to end up without a salary because I phased him out. It was a hard thing for me to take. But then they said, well, you see, the longer he stays there, the, less detri- the more detrimental things are for everybody else. So your task is to make sure that there is a transference of what he knows into the organization, and eventually make sure he goes out with a good deal and you phase him out. Now I, went, now, I had to come back and say, what is the picture of the success? For me, that was my first thing because I was thinking, I'm going to look very bad when I tell this guy, as of this date, your contract will cease to exist. So I had to think about, what is the picture of success for me? And the picture of success for me was I should be able to say to him after that, I will come to visit you and see you. And he should be able to say you are most welcome to come. So the challenge of phasing him out, when I started the process and he began to tell me, ah, you know, I have a farm and on this farm, I invite you to come and be with me at my farm. If you want a holiday, I can give you a good place and you can have a... You see, when we started to have those conversations, I knew that we had painted a picture that overcame the challenge of eventually telling him, this is where it ends. But it's about can you paint the picture of what it must be? And can you see it? That in the end of it, everybody is benefiting and not that now everybody is complaining. But you see, often we see the challenge. And I struggled with that because I was seeing the challenge of telling somebody, your contract has ended or is going to end. And he might walk out saying, this young boy came in to take my Everything that, and this guy was earning a lot of money. But it's about seeing what is the goodness of the land that we need to achieve. And even, what is it? You see, when you're ministering to someone, I was talking to somebody this morning. Challenging that. I've not seen you in a long time. And they began to, began to the first they were, they were a bit hesitant to tell me their story. But I changed it around. Say, we have a challenge, yes, that you don't want to open up. But I tell you what I see, which is a good picture. And once I laid a picture for them, they were able to begin to tell me why I have not seen them in a long time. And now we know what to pray for and what to deal with in order to get the picture that we want to see. And I want to challenge you, church. Can you dare to dream? Tell your neighbor, dare to dream. Dare to dream. Because there is a cause. Tell them there is a cause. There is a cause. So paint the picture. Put these points down. Paint the picture. What does the future look like? What does success look like? Can you see the great power and glory that Jesus was seeing? Number two. Decide on that which must be done. Decide on that which must be done. So number first thing is the picture. Then decide on what must be done. Number three is when you have decided, make a plan for that which is needed. Make a plan for that which is needed. Make a plan for that which is needed. And number four is get to work. Get to work. And perhaps the next time I stand here to preach, I will t- tell you about working. Remember, I said I need a people that are spiritual. The pictures are painted in the spirit because you know, everything is spiritual. Where I was when I was a little boy when I came to the Lord is completely different from where I am today. And where I'm going, I know where I'm going. I've seen the picture of what it must be. And the things that I am passing through are just but a means to get there. But I will get there. But it's about seeing that picture and then working to make sure that the spiritual manifests in the physical. And so Jesus was saying, today you see me now. But I tell you, there's a day you will see me in greater power and glory. But while we are here today, we need to prepare to see that greater power and glory. Rise up to your feet and pray with me. I want you to pray and say, Father, enlarge my horizon. Enlarge the horizon that I see. You see, because when you look at that picture, Many of us can just be seeing the things that are closed, but there's something way in the picture, way in the picture. Say, Father, help me to see that which is way in the picture. Help me to see beyond what I see now. Help me to see beyond the limitations. Help me to see beyond the limitations. Help me to see beyond the challenge. I know sometimes the challenges begin to cloud our vision. The challenges begin to cloud our vision. You see, where people have no vision, they perish. Proverbs talks about where there is no vision, people perish people perish when they don't have a vision. Proverbs 29, 18 people perish where there is no vision and say, Father Lord I pray that take away the cloud that hinders my vision, that it hinders what I must see. Lord help me to see who I really am, what I really must be. You see you're not just here for a master's you're not just here for a PhD you're not just here to, to live here comfortably and run away from the water problems of Africa you're not just here to, to just just be a student in marketing. You're not just here just, just to live in this small village and, and that's it. There's more that you can become. There's more that you can do. You're not just here just to get a job and work for n- some nice good company in the corner of the university. No. But there's more that you can do in the name of the Lord Jesus. There is more, there is more, there is more. And God is speaking right now and saying, Lord, and that we must enlarge our tents, uh, enlarge your course, enlarge your horizon. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will open, oh God, our understanding, the eyes of our understanding, to see the things that you have prepared and to see the things, oh God, that you have in store for us. Uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, be like Caleb and Joshua that says we can possess it. We can overcome it. You can only possess that which you see. You can only overcome that which you see. Oh, God, open my eyes that I may see it in the name of Jesus. There's a release in this place. There's a release in this place. There's a release in this place. There's an empowering in the house today. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, my Lord. Oh, you can do it. Oh, you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it can do it. You can do it. In the name of Jesus. Enlarge your horizon. God, I pray. Thank you Jesus. He gives you strength. He gives you strength. He gives you strength to take hold of that which you must take hold. To take hold of the things that you must take hold. He gives you strength. He gives you the strength that you need. Jehovah God, we pray. We pray oh god i see those big visions thank you that there is an empowering thank you that there is an empowering somebody's saying in his heart you're just saying in your heart i didn't know that i can do it You, you just been saying i didn't know that i can do it and, and the Holy Spirit just wants you to know the answer is yes, you can do it. Be confident that yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. You can, you can, you can, you can do it. Because the Lord will give you power and strength to do it. To do it, to do it. Somebody's been facing a challenge. And the challenge has been, has been saying, well, maybe I'm just like the rest of them. The Lord will say, no, you are not the, like the rest of them. I've chosen you for this work. You are not like the rest of them. You're not like the rest of them. Trust me. Believe in me. Keep walking with me. Because you are not like the rest of them. You're not like the rest of them. Oh, God. Oh, church, just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. I believe these calling a people that are going to make a difference in their generations. I believe you are a people that God is calling to make a difference in your generations. He's calling a people that are going to make a difference in your generations. It's not a mistake that you are here in this service today. But God is calling you to make a difference in your generation. To make a difference among your people. But it will need you to dream big. It will need you to see the dream of your whole family coming to church. Of your whole family being born again. It will need you to see the vision of your whole community just turning to the Lord of your whole community that's turning to Jesus of the people around you just beginning to say yes we know when we believe that your God is greater that your God is great right now they have pushed you aside they've said you are crazy but if you can see this vision of the whole family coming to the Lord they will come into the house of the Lord they will come into the house of of the lord i have a witness in my spirit from the holy ghost that they will come into the house of the lord and they will be right they will rise from your family people that will preach the gospel even in this nation of the netherlands people who will preach the gospel of jesus christ they are preachers in your family they are preachers in your family as you pray for them as you pray for them see that vision see that vision see that vision oh god Oh, God, Father, thank you. You've been saying I'm the only one in my family. And God is just saying that He will use you for your family. He will use you for your family. He will use you to turn hearts in your family. Oh, but you just have to see Him bringing salvation. You've been praying, but your vision is only rejection. But now you need to pray with a vision that sees salvation. See them getting saved. See them coming to the Lord, crying and on their knees. See your family lifting up their hands to pray. Where there will be no function that will start unless they've prayed. Whereas now they will laugh at you about your prayer. God is saying there's coming a time where they will only do things only after prayer. But you need to see it. You need to see it today. Oh Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And as concerning this place, Uh, you've been wondering how will these things be the holy spirit will do it he will do it he makes a way where there is no way and even you can be used by the holy spirit to accomplish great things even you can be used by the holy spirit to accomplish great things Oh, God, Father, thank you. We worship you today. We worship you today. And we raise your name above all other names. We give you praise, oh, God. Father, thank you for the things that you have in store for us. Oh, just worship him, just worship him. Just worship Him. There's a brother in the house. All you had been seeing was you being here, finishing off whatever brought you here and going away. But the Lord says there is more. There is more. There is a training that you are going through. In this season that you are going to be in this place, make sure you learn all that you must learn. And the more important things that you have to learn are not in the courses you are being taught. They are in the interactions with the people that you will have. So pay attention because there is more. There is a greater preparation that is happening for the future. It's not only about you getting the program you came here to get, but there is more. He will use you for the benefit of communities. But you must connect and learn now. See beyond yourself. See beyond yourself. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. We worship your name, O oh God, this afternoon. I thank you that you have great things, O oh God, that you want to take your people forward in the name of Jesus. Take them forward, O oh God. Take them forward, O oh Lord. Take them forward, Jehovah in Jesus name I pray O oh God for release of your spirit and power that banishes fear father that your children will be able to launch out thank you what they are today Lord By this time next year, may their stories have changed. May they be in a different place, a higher place, in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Praise and worship team, come up and we'll take the offer.